Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Nystrom Performance. Nystrom Performance is a quality-focused manufacturing outfit obsessed with creating traditionally styled, hard-to-find, top-notch hot rod components for your old-school freedom machines. Based out of Minnesota, all Nystrom Performance parts are American-made. Nystrom Performance, where quality meets tradition. Check them out at nystromperformance.com. The Model T set a standard in transportation. The Model A brought new efficiency and advance in engineering. And now, the V8. I was going to have to educate the high school on the subject of hot rods. How to take a jalopy and really make it move. All right, this is episode 15 of the Hot Rod Kid podcast. And my guest today is a special SEMA guest um, while we're both here for SEMA. Uh, If you see heads or intakes around that say Harrell Los Angeles, right? These are old speed equipment that you, you know, I've seen before, even before I knew this guy. Um, This guy turns out to be, you know, great descendants of the people who created the first speed equipment. And now he has his own business as well. Please welcome Alec Harrell. Howdy, howdy. How are you today? I'm well and yourself. Just came in for SEMA. How was it? Uh, pretty good, pretty L- good. Like we were just talking about, lots of Broncos. <laughs> oh my God, everywhere. Not yeah, sure that I'm mad about it, but it, you there, know, the, a lot I, I like the Broncos, and I'll say, you know, when we had our our ride in the Bronco, which I recommend you do, it was actually quite a bit of fun. Was it? Went it up like, like a 36 degree hill and threw some stuff. It was actually fun. So awesome. I'll give him that. Yeah, I'm not a Bronco hater. There you go. Yeah, which, I wish it had a V8. I, yeah, you know, right. And then the other thing is the manual. You can only get it in the four cylinder. That's, that's another thing. Wrong. that kind of yeah. Kind of, but and also, what is it? They call it the Sasquatch package, right? Yeah, you can't get the Sasquatch package if you get in a manual. What would the reason for that be? I can't even it's imagine manual discrimination, dude. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, hats off to them for even making a manual. I'll say that at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's been your favorite part of the show so far? Um, that is a really good question. Uh, probably the Brookville booth because yep. I might just have to buy a roadster while I'm here. Yep, yep. I really like the Brookville booth. That was one of the very few places. Um, that we stopped that I was like, okay, we got some traditional hot rods in here. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my 32, which I somewhat recently finished. God, actually, it's been about a year now since I finished that car. That's a Brookville body. It was my first Brookville uh, experience, and that was fantastic. So might just have to do that again. So yeah. good to they're, see them here. They're a good company and quality, quality made products. Absolutely. It made my life a lot easier. You know, when I was building that car, you know, I was raised to think, you know, Henry stuff only, right? Yep. OG parts only. Like, okay, cool find an og henry body man this cologne in here is like i got sensitive eyes Sorry, i do ahead. too my eyes have been there all day <laughs> but uh you know you spend all this money on a real henry steel body and it's usually junk yep. and you got to put all this money rust into repair it and, and exactly that's you know. my bread and butter is rust repair and yeah there you go there you go i mean it it has its place but for me it's like yep. i just want to beat on this car it's it's a lot of time Exactly. And a lot of money and a lot of effort. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, you get show prices, you know, people, whatever. So it it all came out in the wash because I'm no rich kid. I, I can't afford a 32 Ford, but mm-hmm. Brookville kind of set it up so that I could yep. make that happen for myself. So, Well, the thing that makes it okay is they use the original Ford dies for everything. So that's the exactly. thing that kind of make you know, it's you kind of feel like the, you got a little bit of the tie back to the, the yeah. heritage of the of the company. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was really happy with theirs. Speedways was, um, I, I like their new polished drums that they came out with. I For thought sure. those were pretty cool. And then as far as other areas, I was really excited with the tools and equipment area. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that that so far was my favorite one is just getting to see all the different tools and everything. Definitely. Yeah, because for me working in like a shop most of the time, I guess, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot in the realm of traditional hot rod parts. But the thing that I could be interested in was like the shop equipment. Going right. to see Mittler Bros and Bailey. Got to meet Ron Covell. That was super cool. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business and like what all you do and, and the history of Harrell Los Angeles and everything. Sure. Well, so far as uh, my personal career in uh, the auto industry, released with classic cars, um, I more or less found it on my own uh, in spite of my family's you know long history in hot rodding. Um, quite literally in the blood. It started out, of course, with Hot Wheels as we all kind of started. Um, and that turned into Volkswagens, of all things. Um, saw the movie Herbie Fully Loaded with Lindsay Lohan, and that really did it for me. So I was all into bugs for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And in, I think it was March of 2007, uh, the Automobile Driving Museum in El Segundo, the little town near where I'm from, opened up. And my grandmother saw the ad in the newspaper for it. Told my grandfather about it. He was my best buddy. He's basically my father. Um, so he took me down there and walked into this basically more or less empty warehouse that had about 80 cars parked in it that were the most fascinating things I'd ever seen because I'd never seen anything like it. Big Packards from the 30s, yeah. huge and colorful and beautiful. And that was the day I forgot that Volkswagens existed. Yeah. Um, so from there, I signed up to be a volunteer. I was their youngest volunteer. At that time, I was 10 years old. Um, and I stuck with that for, God, the better part of 10 years until I was actually put on payroll as a floor manager, taking care of exhibits, the display space, moving cars around, working on the cars, what have you. Um, Climbed the ladder a little bit more and ended up being the collection manager for a couple of years. Um, I recently, a couple weeks ago, actually resigned from my position to focus on my business. And that was when you were still the collection manager? Yes, I was still collection manager at that time. Um, And so what's your total at this time, until two weeks ago, what was your total time? Few months short of 15 years. Okay. And I'm 25. Yeah, that's that's a long time. It's most of my life, so. Uh, that was really something. That's kind of a big change, but it, it it was the change that needed to happen. Yep. So I'm happy with it. Um, and Harrell Engines Los Angeles, that's, you know, the old family company that, yep. you know, has been dormant since really the 70s. But, uh, you know, next generation. It skipped a generation, but, you know, I'm here to try to bring it back anyway. So I'm working on cars, restoring cars, early Fords, building flatheads, and trying to get my way back into producing the family speed equipment. Um, and that is a big learning curve for me because I don't come from engineering necessarily. So didn't go to school for that, but we'll get there. We're getting there. And that's where you're, that's where you're taking your business right now. Absolutely. Like, like explain. So your business right now is you're trying to bring back Harrell Los Angeles speed equipment. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the biggest goal. That's the end goal. Um, above all, um, I mean, our, the family business started in 1923 and it was just a Rio Grande gas station in uh, San Pedro. And, you know, my great grand uncles, Jim and Nick Harrell, who were the ones that developed the Harrell Speed Equipment in 46, they started out working on Chevrolet four-cylinders and hopping those up and racing those out at uh, Muroc, El Mirage, and the Rosetta Timing Association. And uh, they actually were, I wouldn't necessarily say some of the founding members of the SCTA, but they uh, founded one of the first SCTA racing clubs in 37. Yeah. It's called Albata. Um, so they were they were there at the conception. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Some, I guess you could call them founding fathers, mm-hmm. but not perhaps as influential, I guess, as Edelbrock and some of the other big names. Yeah, but, but I mean, Harrell, Harrell Los Angeles, I, I would put that as kind of one of those speed equipments where, like, you know, you have some Edelbrock heads or something. It's cool, sure. but it's, it's really cool to have something that's a little bit more 
rare, you know, and, exactly. and when you have something like you have a Harrell intake or some Harrell heads or something, or, you know, Edmonds or Sharp, not crazy rare, but it's sure. a little bit less common than, you know, everybody running Edelbrock. Right. You or, can't pick up a Speedway catalog as an right. example and just order it and it comes to your door in a couple of days, right. you know, you have to really look for it. You have to know it exists. First of all, you have to do a little bit of research and really kind of be into this field, this hobby to know what that is. Um, and a lot of people get off on it saying Los Angeles, which is kind of credited with being the cradle of hot rodding, which I would kind of agree with that. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. But also, you know, as is true, even to this day, my family's not at all money hungry. It's not what we do. We're into hot rods and racing because it's fun. So, you know, they're, they're toys. And if money comes, that's cool. And that's a piece of advice that was given to me when I was very little, you know, follow your passion and the money will come. Yep. And that is something that runs generations deep in my family, yep, which is yep. why we never became big like Edelbrock. Switching to my, to my hot rod business, I definitely lost money. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm making a lot less, you know, I, my hope is someday I'll make more money, right. but, but I definitely, you know, switching from my full-time job went to, to making less money, Yep. but I never regret it because I'm hell of a lot happier than I used to be. Exactly. Me too. And I, you know, I inherited this trait from my mother, which is good and bad. And that is, I do not take instruction well. I'm not very good at being told what to do. So I yeah, kind of that, have that's to be, I was always a horrible employee. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I would like to think I'm a decent boss. I mean, I was in management for a long time. I never got any complaints, but I'd rather just dictate myself and do what I want to do. And when I need right. help, I ask friends and you know, I do what I need to do and that's it. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest trait in an entrepreneur is just not being, not like being told what to do. Exactly. I just like to do my own thing. Like, you know, it's the freedom that's Colt and I were talking about that just, just last night about how, there's so many downsides to working for yourself and being an entrepreneur, but usually when it comes down to it, the biggest reason that all those don't matter is freedom. I can do whatever, like SEMA, just like, yep, yeah, I want to go to SEMA, so I'm going to SEMA. You just book it out and just make it happen. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. So, so like, kind of, what's your what's your full? You know, you want to bring back all the speed equipment. What's your vision of where you want to see? You know, you want to pass it on to your kids or stuff like that. You know, what's your vision for bringing it back? Well. That's actually a really good question. Um, <laughs> that may take a minute to answer. Uh, the preservation of the Herald name, I think, has already been taken care of. I mean, my grandfather and I spent a couple of years and researched it thoroughly, and we wrote and published a book um, about our family's racing history, the speed equipment, so on and so and where forth. Where can people find that book? Uh, that can be found on Amazon. It's called Herald Engines Hot Rodding. Okay. Um, Herald Engines Speed Equipment, actually. Um, my grandfather picked the title, and it's very wordy. At any rate... Um, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can find it on my website, also HarrellEngineshotRouting.com. Um, so the the tale has been told. So I'm comfortable with that. It's not necessarily going to be forgotten. It's in writing anyway. Um, so far as reproducing the speed equipment, I mean, it unfortunately is a bit of a dwindling market for this stuff. So I, you know, it's not going to be what pays the bills for the rest of my life, but I want to do it for the rest of my life. Yeah. So it, I feel very connected to my great granduncles, though, of course, I never met them. Um, I feel as though this stuff was kind of left behind for me to find. And that is what I did, um, which, you know, makes me feel compelled to do something with it after having found it. So I want to produce it. I want to build race cars. I want to build equipment for my friends. I want to see Harold's name out at El Mirage again, Bonneville, who knows? Yep. I mean, it's really crazy that that when they started making heads, I bet you that they weren't expecting that. What is it? You said great, great, great. Uh, three greats great, or great. two? Two greats. Two greats. Nephew is going to be trying to reproduce their products 
at 25 and one you great. know one, <laughs> one, one great, great. Okay. i swear i can do math one great you know in 2021 like right. that's that's really crazy that that this much history is past and you know there's still somebody that's interested in trying to to preserve the family you know not, sure. not well, I wouldn't say preserve the family name because like you said I think the family name is already preserved but interested enough to want to try and recreate the product and you know continue on with the legacy that's already established exactly yeah I think that's really cool and you're you're part of the the bedlam club is this right correct yeah. correct that's I like that so I first you know learned about the bedlam through just Instagram and some yeah. of the people that I followed so you're definitely hanging with like an OG OG oh, hot rod group yeah yeah and you know it's that club, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it started with just a bunch of buddies that were going to cruise nights every Friday night. Um, Valley Cruise Night, which takes place in San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Um, and we all had hot rods and would hang out together. And our uh, more or less leader of the pack, I guess I'll say, Simon Gluckman kind of founded the club. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided, it's like, well, you know, as long as we're doing this stuff, why not actually put a name to it and do it the way that it used to be done? Let's help each other build cars. Let's go cruise. Let's have fun. Let's go to El Mirage. Let's do all this stuff. Let's stop doing this parking lot party stuff and go have fun with these cars the way that people used to have fun with these cars that we built ourselves and uh you know bring it back to life so that's what we do that's super cool and how many people are in the club i believe there's six of us now six of you okay and it's all like you know super traditional hot rods and everything and tell us a little bit about your car right so i've got a 32 roadster Mm -hmm. high boy roadster with a harold flathead in it I would um, hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of sacrilege if I don't. Um, that car has been a you know, lifelong dream car of mine. And, you know, like I said, not a rich kid. So it took a long time to get that car together. Um, started out with, you know, just a frame, real steel Henry frame. I uh, got it from the Kennedy brothers out in Pomona. Um, had it straightened, blasted it, uh, put it in primer, and then it sat on the garage floor for a couple of years while I put some more money together. Ended up with the body fine built the motor so it's you know from bare concrete in the garage came this car um and the goal was to kind of pay tribute of course to my ancestors who were racing cars like this Mm -hmm. back in the day but also to build a car with my grandfather while uh, he's still able to and learn you know what he has to teach me and also vice versa there's some Mm -hmm. skills i have that he didn't necessarily pick up you know he he left hot rodding in the 50s yeah and he went to school, got a PhD in political science and ended up a professor of political science the rest of his career. So kind of brought that back out of him. Um, so it was, it was very special and fun project. And I, you know, after completing it, um, I knew the first place that that car had to go was El Mirage. And that is the first place that I took it. That's mm-hmm. where that car was christened. Of course it had been fired, but it had not been driven until I took it. There. Yeah. And that was late October, I think of 2020. Uh-huh. So I don't even think I probably have 500 miles on that car. That's yet. awesome. So yeah, I'm fine. I've already broken it twice. I'm not that nice to it. So. <laughs> hey, that just means you're driving it. Exactly. Like we were talking about some of these cars that you see at SEMA, you're like, okay, but do you really drive it? You know, right. but, I mean, so far what I've seen here, it's either so hard in the street rod thing where it's like, you know, they rolled it off the trailer and rolled it in here and it doesn't get driven. And it's beautiful. Like sure. work that's been done, especially the custom stuff. It's like, you know, really, really nice work. Or it's so far in the rat rod direction that you're just like, oh my god, right. you know. There's there's not a, a whole lot of the cars here that are the real drivers, right? You know, exactly. Where even if you don't have a whole lot of the patina thing going on, you right. have 
just you could have a nice car that's just a driver you could tell that you could you know it's nice it's shiny but you still you know can break it twice and exactly miles. exactly and you know that's the frame is still in primer and the body is in metal sealant it's not even painted mm-hmm. and at some point i'll have to do something about that but you know my number one concern is you know oops i built a flathead that's too much for a 39 gearbox now i got to put a t5 in it which is gonna be fun but i have to kind of rethink that chassis now yeah. pull the body back off and do all this stuff i'm like okay well i got 500 miles out of the car let's do it again but better so is it a pretty built-up flathead yeah i mean it's it's not crazy but like i said i'm really not nice to that car at mm-hmm. all um it's 125 over it's got a 400 junior cam in it um it's four and a quarter stroke so it, it's healthy you know try power intake Mm-hmm. So it's, it's doing fine. Yeah. But, you know, it's no rocket ship, but it moves. Yeah. Enough to worry about your 39 gearbox. Yeah. I've broke two of them now. <laughs> the first one was rather spectacular. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I saw a video of you like replacing a 30. Was that on your Instagram, that link? Yep. Okay. And so is that your garage then? That is my shop. Okay. That's a really big shop then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially for the LA area, as far as I understand. Like that's. Yep. And is that just at your house then? That is. I'm very fortunate. My folks, uh, bought their house that mm-hmm. of course I grew up in, um, in Redondo beach a few years before I was born and they're not car people at all. So it's just full of boxes, crap and two cars. Um, I then get into cars and I need a place to put it all. So I cleaned up the mess and there came the home for That's awesome. LA. So it fits six or seven cars. It kind of tight. Yeah. But I've got a few more cars than that. So I keep cars all over the place. But yeah. I, I was, when I was looking at the stuff, I was like, this looks like you know, something you would stumble upon of like some old guy who was a hot rodder in the fifties, just stuff everywhere, you know, and you had quite a bit of cars in there when I was watching the video. Yeah. 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 And are <laughs> most of those yours or just like, so I had at that time, every car I owned on the property, you know, just to make it look a little bit ridiculous and spectacular yep. for the video. Um, and then all of the club members cars were in the driveway. So mm-hmm. I think I probably had close to 25 or maybe a little more cars than that on the property that's awesome so it's I, i've got a few more now since then i'm a bit of a compulsive buyer i need to get off facebook marketplace <laughs> for once but. yeah facebook marketplace is dangerous and then oh, it starts man. figuring out what you want to buy and it starts sending you notifications oh, it's terrible. too it's not yeah, good uh, colt and i we deal with that he's always sending me stuff like hey check this out i'm like what are you sending me this stuff for you know i try to avoid this facebook marketplace uh, right exactly yeah. what's this i mean I, I would imagine the scene in la is probably pretty good for finding hot rod stuff yeah it is um i'll give an example the heads that are on my 32 um it's an original set from 46 um and now this is a theory it's not a fact but it it lines up and it sounds good so i'm gonna tell a story um bought the heads from hot rods and custom stuff or something like that they're down in temecula i can't remember the shop name um and went down there guy selling him told us this story you know how he got the heads and he was building this 40 ford coupe that he got from this guy to you know put together and um it was his father's car and his father bought it in the 60s or early 70s something like that and it was kind of taken apart and sat in the garage forever never actually built it so his son got a hold of it and took it to the shop to be built in the trunk were these Harold heads which had very obviously been taken off of the car and kind of by the time period where it was sold to this guy's father um, and taken apart and the description of the car, my grandfather had a 40 Ford coupe mm-hmm. at about that time that he had sold with Harold heads on it and this, that, and the other thing. Um, so it, 
it sounds as though that could have been my grandfather's right. car, could have been his set of heads, fairly rare equipment in Southern California at that time. Right. It adds up. I can't prove that. I don't know that that's true. Yeah. But I like that idea and yeah. I'm rolling with it. That's so. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever been to Bonneville? You're talking about El Mirage. Have you ever been to Bonneville? No, no, I have not. Yeah. That That's the goal for next year. I feel like, um, oh, what was his name? Um, from the Bedlam, he's got that tan four banger. Oh, Chris. Yeah, the Betty Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, the Betty Hunter. So he was at he was at uh, Bonneville, and we saw him there. And so my dad has his 28 Roadster with uh, a four banger build in it. Bitchin'. So they were getting along quite well, and oh, yeah. you know they were cruising around together. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, that was a super cool car. And so that that's when you know I was like probably the first Betty or the first uh, Bedlam member that I For saw sure. at Bonneville. But yeah, I think that it, you guys would have a blast. Oh, I God, think that would yeah. be a cool club thing to. I've been to campaigning to hard to do it, yeah. but you know we're all of course busy and trying oh, to. Oh yeah get everybody 800 miles from LA or however yeah. far it is. It's, it's yeah. an experience I'm sure. But yeah, we go every year and it's really cool to see how, even though they still have a lot of the modern race cars there, which is all really cool to see, but they also still have a lot of the people there who just like we do, they just bring regular hot rods. there just to kind of pay homage to, you know, the early racing days and everything yep. too. And you still do have some people like Bobby green hasn't ran for a while, but for a while, you know, he had the, the old crow belly tanker out there and everything. And, you know, you still do see some people, the rolling bones is another one that they have their fastest Y block. So you still do get to see some traditional stuff out there, but then also like you get to see Danny Thompson run, you know, 450 miles an hour. It's just insane. Yeah. Bonneville is a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also just recently got to go out to the Alvord desert. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that's like Southeastern Oregon. That was a lot of fun. We just, that's where Jesse Combe yep. set her yep. record, isn't it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and so they actually had a really cool memorial out there for her and everything. Oh, really? Yeah, Amazing. and I, I mean, I thought that was cool because I grew up watching her on Mythbusters and sure. all that stuff and really badass fabricator chick, and so it was yeah. cool to see that that they had a cool memorial out there and everything, and it's a really, really cool place. It's a lot like Bonneville, but not as big, and obviously not sure. salt, but you know, right. you still get to cruise around, exactly. and it's nice when nobody else is there but just you. Yeah. We, we kind of had one of those situations where we, you kind of like how you were talking about when, how Simon was like, you know, hey, if we're all hanging out and doing all this stuff, why don't we just make an actual, right. you know, official club? Right. Yeah. We kind of have that, that tight group of people where we do all the same things together, you know, and it's, you know, with Charlie and Kelly Haskell, North Palm Speed, sure. you know, they're the ones who, you know, we went out to Alvord with and they do their harvest drags. And like, I just recently had my swap meet and you notice it's all the same, like really tight group of people who are all into that traditional hot rod scene around our totally. area of Oregon, you know, and it's kind of the same thing you're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Like, you know, you, even if it's unofficial, you end up having kind of this sort of club right. of people and exactly. it's really cool. And you know, it, it attracts other people and other clubs to, you know, get out and do things again. Um, and even if it's just for photo shoot, I mean, so what? Yep. It, it's kind of bitching to get a whole lot of hot rods down in the LA river. And even if you're not actually drag that, racing, that's, what I, backyard. that's cool. what I always love so. about seeing your guys' stuff is all the places that you guys take pictures. Yeah. 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 Cause you guys, you guys do what? Like you guys seen you in the LA river. Yep. You do like, do you do Bob's big boy stuff at all? Yeah. And <laughs> we've done that so much that we're actually kind of sick of it to be honest uh-huh. with you. <laughs> but yeah, we go all over the place. I mean, we try to also organize, uh, periodically several a year um cruises hot rod cruises so mm-hmm. um these are kind of more or less a rod run actually so 
try to keep it, you know, 20 to 40 miles so you don't lose people in, you know, in LA and traffic and all that stuff. It's, it can be challenging to do that. Uh, but one of our first uh, club held rod runs, we did um, kind of the, the San Pedro Bend um, in South Bay. So from Pedro all the way around Long Beach up Palos Verdes. And we ended back at the museum that I formerly worked for. So that was, that was a nice drive. It was beautiful along the coast. So that was kind of cool. We had, God, I don't know, probably 30, 40 cars. Okay. So, you, so at this point you're like inviting other people sure, outside sure. of your club. Yeah. Okay. And are you guys doing like, where you only want to do traditional hot rods? Or are you kind of just accepting everybody or what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, traditional is ideal. Yeah. But you know, it, a hot rod's a hot rod. I mean, everyone yep. has their own definition of what that is. But, you know, for me anyway, and I guess I can speak for the rest of uh, the guys in my club, if you can take a black and white picture of your car and put it in a 1950 issue of mm-hmm. Hot Rod Magazine and you can't tell the difference, right? you did it right. So th- that's our kind of idea of traditional hot rod, you know, 40s, 50s. Yep. So I like that idea. Yeah, and, and especially for me is like what I explain to people is if I'm going to drive a car of that period i want to experience what it would have been like to drive that car in the period sure so sure it might have bump steer it might vibrate you know you might have to double clutch it you know it it might not run great it might not be super fast but you're experiencing what it would have been like to drive that car in the period exactly and i think that you know what what's what's really the point of having a classic car if it's like driving a modern car right exactly i mean the point is they're little time machines right you know Yep. In kind of an abstract way. Yep. So yeah, what and, it's all about. And you step you step in like how you were saying with the the photograph thing, you go to Bonneville or you go to Alvord or you go to El Mirage and you take that picture and you there's a lot of times you really can't tell when that picture was taken. And I think that that's, that's probably one of the best things, especially when you can be around the people that you like, around a bunch of the cars that you like and you're like, I can't tell if it's 2021 or, you know, 1948 right now. Exactly. That was very much my experience when I first took my 32 to El Mirage, you know, rolled it out of the trailer and parked it with a couple of my buddy's cars and the sun was going down. I took some pictures of it. I just, I had to put my phone down and just look at it and say, my God, if I weren't seeing this in color myself, you know, and it, it actually, you know, me being a total wiener, it brought me to tears because like, wow, there is my vision right in front of me. There is my family. How long did it, like, what's your total span of how long it took you to build the car? Uh, it was about six years, probably mm-hmm. almost seven, actually. Yep. It's a long time. Yep. So it, it should take nobody seven years to build a car. Well, but, you know, like you I know, said, I'm I, a kid. I can't judge so. because that's exactly where I'm at with my car. Because I started right. building my my Roadster pickup when I was 14. I'm 22 now. And I'm finally like, you know, it's it's most of the way done. Sure. You know, and I'm like, I really got to get this thing done. But I got... Yep. You know, I get so busy working on customer stuff and got to do this, got to do that. And it's not that I don't enjoy to work on my own stuff. It's just that if I'm in the shop, I'm just thinking like, all right, I should be working on this instead of my yep. own stuff, you know. But yeah, I finally, I was talking to my buddy Clayton Patterson, mm-hmm. Mr. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, we'll get you going. You know, so he's going to help me rebuild the gearbox awesome. and rebuild the rear end and everything. Because I'm like, I can't, I can't, you know, have a hot rod shop and not have a hot rod. So. Right, exactly. And, you know. I was still full time with the museum when I was finishing up that car a year ago, so I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it. But I was like, you know what? Damn it! This year is the year that I drive this car. I'm done with this. This is stupid. Yep. So I threw out an SOS to my buddies over at uh, VZ Brothers Fabrication. I took the car to them, and they helped me button up a couple little uh, fab things to just finish it. Mm-hmm. It's like, if not for them, that car, 
I might not even still be done because I've yeah. been so busy. It, so. It, it, that's what it takes. Is it's And it, the funny thing is, is it's usually not even somebody who is lazy about working on their cars. It's just that they're so, you know, hardworking and hyper-focused on other things. Sure. It takes somebody to come along, like a friend, and come along and kick them in the ass and be like, no, what are you doing? We are going to do this now. Exactly. Like, let's Come on. I'm exactly. going to help you we're going to do it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you could be fully capable. You, you need that, that person to be like, you okay, do. what are we doing? Let's, let's get this done, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So right now, until you offer your, you know, try and reproduce the speed heads and everything, what, what is your business offering right now? So to be honest with you, anything, mm-hmm. um, general mechanic service, I'll do full restorations. I've bought some yep. vehicles that, and you know, you're building. running this out of the, the shop there. Yep. Right. For now. Anyway, it's, I, fully anticipate that not being big enough in the not so distant future say nothing of the fact that the property is not zoned for that so the neighbors and the neighborhood are going to make a face as soon as i start firing up air compressors all day every day but you know what i've put up with their dogs barking for years (laughs) yeah they can deal with this for a little while um but it's no big deal so yeah i've i've got another museum that's sending me cars to work on that's great um i've got a fairly decent client list i build full builds for people that's great so and i'll you know buy and stuff make it run flip it whatever yep so and i play in the movie business too so that's fun oh okay so so you like you work with cars for them is that what you're yeah, saying totally yeah. so mm-hmm. i will rent any of my fleet and i'll go with the car yeah. i'll you know of course work on the car drive the cars whatever i'll broker yep. friends cars into the motion picture industry and that does pretty well it kind of lets these cars pay for themselves yep. which is kind of critical so you know i feel like especially in your area because i was really surprised for my area is when I, when I did the same thing that like you did, where it's like, I just quit my job and I'm like, Oh man, I hope I can make the, yeah, I hope I can make this work. And then all of a sudden all this business started coming in and it's like, what? It's like, there's this much work out there. I could not believe it, but it's kind of like, once you just take that leap of faith, then all of a sudden, you know, all the work starts coming. Cause I, like, I remember I was thinking the same exact thing you were like, I could flip cars. I could do this, you know, but then all of a sudden, you know, and I'm thinking like, Oh, I'll have more time to work on my hot rods. Sure. And then all of a sudden I'm like, dang, I'm so busy with, you know, all these customers that are rolling in. And I think especially for like your reach that you have and like the quality of work that I've seen from you and also your area is another big thing. I don't think there's going to be any shortage of work for you. I, totally. I mean, I'm right now I'm going to starting to think about selling this 36 Cabriolet that I bought. I was going to fully build that car and just sell it. But now I was like, well, okay, Alec, is that going to sit in the shop for six years like the Roadster? Because when do you think you're going to build that? Mm-hmm. You've got car after car after car. You're having to turn work away. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? So it's yeah. got to go. That The same thing happened to me. I bought this 32 cab. And uh, this was like when I didn't have a whole lot of customers or anything really going on. I'm thinking, oh, I'll chop this, you know, because I love doing metal work. I'll do some metal work on it, flip it and make, you know, make some money yeah. on it. So I started chopping it, started working on it. And then all of a sudden customers started to come in and it sat there and it sat there. And we have a pretty small shop. And it's, it's so my situation is like identical to yours. Yep. So my parents, you know, I grew up on this property. We have a really nice shop out there, you know, and my dad, especially from like about the time I was 14, I just became obsessed. And so we both just kind of poured all of our, you know, heart and soul and money into this thing. And so we created this situation where we have a really nice little, little shop area. And so uh, I ended up moving out and everything, but you know, my dad was still like, Hey, you fully have permission to come here and do your business and everything work out of the shop. And so now that's where I'm at, you know, working out of the shop and now I'm, 
you know, like dealing with this kind of small space. I got all these cars in here. And he's like, what are you going to do with this 32 cab? I'm like, yeah. what are you talking? I'm dad, I'm going to build it. He's like, it's been here for months and you just work on all this other stuff. <laughs> right. And so finally I made like the whole, cause I got it sandblasted and everything. So I made this super hard decision of like, cause the rain just came back in Oregon. I'm like, I got to put this thing outside, even though it's all sandblasted yeah. and everything. I'm like, I just, I can't, you know, I yep. have, don't have enough room in here to, cause it, my shop's like 24 by 48. So, right. I, you know, you're talking about needing to expand your shop. Yeah. I, I agree because your shop's bigger than mine. <laughs> right. and I'm like, man, I need exactly. a shop expansion. Yeah. Once you start getting cars in and out of there and everything, yeah. it's like, and then, and then that's the other thing is what I've realized is you could have, you know, like you're saying, you're having to turn people away. One of the biggest reasons people get turned away is because it's like, well, you're going to have to wait so long solely for the reason of shop space. Right. Even if it's something that's a real small, quick project, sure. you might not have a space in the shop because we got this bare metal you know, project in here, this right. bare metal thing over there. You can't throw that outside, especially in Oregon exactly. where it rains all the time. Yep. And then you get you know customers like, well, this car can't sit outside. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have the luxury to give you that luxury. So yeah. I, I'm sorry but it's either going to be outside while I work on it or come in while I work on it and then go back outside. Right. Or I hate to say it, but you're going to have to find somebody else. I just do not have right. a shelter for this. Yep. So. Well, and I think that's also kind of reflective of like, I would assume what yours and mine shop rate is. If you want to go to some top notch, really, really big restoration shop, well, go ahead, sure. but you're going to pay for it. Yes, you, you are. Know? You're, if you go to somebody who's, you know, more on the, starting out and newer to it sure you know you're gonna you're gonna experience you know a more affordable rate but yep. your car might have to be parked outside for a little bit yeah. and you know what i have to say to those people in la they can suck it all right exactly <laughs> like, I'm like you know what i'll wax the damn thing yeah like, will that make you happy like, yeah come on they have no idea in oregon like oh my god the rain it's it doesn't like monsoon it's just constant just moisture fog yeah. and everything yeah just for about nine months so it's been really nice to be here in vegas and yeah experience the sunshine everybody back at home is just dealing with the rain i bet i bet i you know it rains in california and us californians lose our minds yeah you know, we forget how to drive we have to take pictures of it like it's a novelty because <laughs> i guess it is but we post on facebook like it's really special yeah well you could probably drive your cars pretty much all year round can't you yep, yep. oh my god that's so nice i mean a lot of my personal cars and you didn't hear me say this. I don't fix the wipers. Why? I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. I'm never going to use them. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> yeah. See, we, we have a big wiper industry in, in Oregon. We, you know, we I'll invest bet. in like the pr premium Rain-X wipers. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you probably never even use your wipers. No. Oh I mean, on modern vehicles, the wipers are there to clean the window. It's not for rain. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and the fact that you can have a Roadster that yeah. you could pretty much drive year-round. Because, yeah. I mean, technically, we could drive our Roadsters year-round. It's just... It's going to be wet. cold. <laughs> You're yeah. going to get wet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even so much, honestly, it's not even so much the cold that bothers me. It's just the the rain. Yeah. Just like, and, and you know, like how we were talking about, you can't just park a car outside. And it's going to get right. monsooned on. That gets yeah. old. Exactly. Yeah. I hear you. Well, what are you, what are you looking forward to tomorrow for SEMA show? You know, I honestly have no idea. I don't have any expectations for tomorrow. I think we're going to, I think we're going to take a break from SEMA. We were here, uh, Tuesday, you know, the mm -hmm. first day we went hard Tuesday sure. and today. And so we covered quite a bit of the event. So I think tomorrow, I think we're going to kind of just explore around Vegas and everything and totally see what Vegas has to offer. So far, this has been a really, this is my first time to Vegas. 
It's been a really good oh, really? time. Yeah. It's an interesting place. I mean, I and a lot of my friends were into, you know, mid-century modern antiques and furniture and this, that, and the other thing, whatever. So that, that may very well be what I do tomorrow because I walked probably 10 miles around that show today. I saw a lot of it, and I'll be here through Saturdays. Like, yeah, yep. maybe I'll go do something yep. else. Go Friday's the, the last source. day, right? I, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you're more than welcome to come hang out with us. Awesome. You, how, how many times have you been to Vegas? You probably know it a lot better than we do. Oh, geez. I've been coming here my whole life. I'm here probably three, four times a year. Yeah, see, see, hear that, Colt? By the way, <laughs> for those listening, Colt's over here in the hotel room with us. He's our very first live guest. But yeah, maybe we'll just have to have you show us around and, and totally. take us to all the, the sites and what there is in Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah, this is my first time. I'll tell you what, when I first landed and walked down the strip and everything, I was like, dude, this place is wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> all the people watching is pretty great. Oh, yeah. You can pretty much, you know, I will say though, I'm thoroughly disappointed. The hot tub here closes at like 5 p.m. Yeah, that that doesn't quite work for me either. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like, dude, I thought this was Vegas. These are like right. old people hours. I'm exactly. like, what the heck? I thought there weren't rules here. Yeah, I thought there I weren't. Largely, ru- there are. Yeah, I, I heard that this was like the city that never sleeps. And meanwhile, this this uh, hot tub has banker hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what's your recommendations for what somebody should see while at SEMA here in Vegas? Like the the more not the SEMA side of things, but the Vegas side of things. Somebody who comes here three times a year. I personally really like. Um, I'm going to make this recommendation. I'm not going to, you know, root it in fact because I don't remember the name of the street. I think it's Main Street. Um, there's some great antique stores down there if you want to see some really phenomenal mid-century furniture. And cool. This, that, and we, like, we like this type of thing. Yep. There you go. Uh, the Neon Museum is really bitching. There's oh, a lot yeah. of great history yep. there. Colt wants to go to the Neon Museum. That We're is really on going there. Yeah. Definitely go at night. Okay. Of course, yep. go at night. Everything's lit up. That that makes it worth it. So, I mean, it's, of course, it's worth it anyway. But yeah. that's the point of Neon, right? You want to see it. Yeah. So, go at night. That's super bitching. Um, what I've always enjoyed doing is just pointing the truck in a direction and seeing where it goes because it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, so, yeah. I kind of did that thing when I got off of the plane and you know walked out here. I was just like, I'm just going to walk in a direction and see where I go. And I did, and I was yep. interested. I was like, exactly. dang, there's all kinds of stuff going on here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited that I was able to have you on. Um, like I, I think it was really cool because when I first when I first like saw your Instagram handle, I saw Harold like Los Angeles and I was like, is this like the Harold Heads? And so it was really, really cool. Like like we were talking before um, with a friend. It's like it's so cool that I got to grow up in an era where through social media, like I never would have been able to right. connect with you before and meet with you before. And the fact that, you know, you have all this family history and everything. And, you know, the fact that we can just be like, yeah, we're both coming to SEMA and we can, we can kind of link right. up. I think that's super cool. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm super glad that we got to be able to have you on the podcast and everything. Awesome. It's been an absolute blast. Looking forward to SEMA and all the Broncos. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so many Broncos. Oh, it's got to be like a hundred Broncos out here. At least, at least. Yeah. What, before everybody leaves, tell everybody what your favorite car of SEMA so far. Ooh. Ooh, that's real tough. Uh-uh. Um, Mind you, I've not paid a whole lot of attention to cars parked around yet. I was going uh-huh. booth to booth and looking at tools and stuff. Um, the actual Ford exhibit, that white Galaxy, was parked up there. Do I don't think I one? saw. Oh no, I did see that one in I the in the inside, up on the Ford. Yep. Yes. That yeah. Absolutely ridiculous, monstrous motor in it. Yeah. Okay, that that does it for me. Yes. That that could make me happy. I saw this really really cool thirty four pickup, and I think it was in the mother's polish booth. But it was like probably the most traditional car I've seen yet. Really? Yeah, it was okay. flathead, big and littles, oh, firestones, black chop top, sure. section bed, and all this stuff. 
and uh, Edelbrock, of course. But, it, you know, really nice. Sure, I really sure. liked it. Yeah. And there's been a couple of little, you know, little sprinkles here and there. And I got to see my buddy Rod Emery. I got to see his oh, Porsche yeah. over at the Boxo Tool USA. Yeah, which sure. Those those toolboxes, dude. Those all are the, something, right? The, all the laser cut stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Next someday. Level. Someday. Yeah, exactly. But I'm yeah. sticking to Husky for now. That fits the budget. <laughs> yeah, that dude, that's where I'm at. I'm like, Craftsman and Harbor Freight, you know? Yeah, it holds the tools. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Alec. Well, thank you very much for coming on. This has for been sure. an thank absolute you. blast, and I love hanging out with you, and maybe we'll get together tomorrow and, and go Definitely. to the Neon Museum and check some stuff out. Oh, yeah, sounds All good. All righty.